one of the things that I think we struggle the most with is knowing when to bring in a professional for services. So should we have a marketing professional and where to spend that money? Because obviously there's limited budget in all of this. And then, you know, having, trying to cover all of our bases, really. Well, hello there. Welcome to Brand Therapy. I'm Phil. I'm Lauren. We are brand strategists and we help people on this podcast figure out what the heck to do with their brands and their businesses. Everyone has challenges. This is where we talk about them. We give the kind of advice that people normally pay us for. This is a good episode. It's with a woman who's running a two-person company. She's got it together. Their company is very successful, but the issue with with any small business that's bursting with activity is that she doesn't have enough time in the day to figure out what to focus on. What else would you say about it? I would say that a lot of the challenges she's facing in terms of scaling and growth are relatable. Whether you're a one-person business, two-person business, even a small little team, we all feel these pains in, in terms of figuring out where to spend time and energy to get the biggest bang for our buck. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's cool because she's in an especially competitive industry too. So I feel like it's the pains she's feeling are like even more amplified probably. We are in London, England. Alexia is in Austin, Texas. Shall we get to the interview? Let's go. Here's our conversation with Alexia. So the company is Music Gorilla. It's run by my husband and I. Um, We've been partners since, well, we started the company in 2004. And we had a third partner and we actually bought them out a few years ago, just feeling like it was a better fit to just have the two of us running and making decisions and things like that. So it's the two of us and then we hire consultants and services as needed. Got it. And I imagine since you're running like a thriving business, it's probably pretty tough being just two of you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's one of the things that I think we struggle the most with is knowing when to bring in a professional for services. So like if we're doing marketing, should we have a marketing professional and where to spend that money? Because obviously there's limited budget in all of this. And then, you know, having, trying to cover all of our bases really. Well, what's your current marketing strategy and sort of what are the greatest challenges that you're facing right now? So we do a lot of social media. Obviously, independent bands and artists and songwriters are all over social media. So we focus a lot of our attention on social media marketing. We do uh, some Facebook ads, like we had some Facebook ads running up to for our submissions for this particular event that we're in Austin for now. And we also do posts on Instagram and we have Twitter and we have a tool that we use that that can run through our content so that we're not sitting there trying to come up with new content constantly or having to schedule the use of content. And so we use that to help us with our Twitter posts, LinkedIn, Facebook. We have a Facebook page and then then I have a personal Facebook. Can you tell me more about your company? What do you guys do? What is the service you offer? So we provide opportunities for unsigned artists. We do film and TV submissions. We do songwriting opportunities. We do these live showcases. My background is in film production. So I worked for people like Robert De Niro and Linda Oakes. And I brought contacts into the company that helped us 
in the beginning, get opportunities for artists. So we'll do like film and TV placement opportunities. We have a lot of like a UK commercials that we get submissions opportunities for ESPN, uh, Showtime shows, things like that. And then our showcases, which people love, we do a couple showcases a year. So we do these during South by Southwest, which are huge. And we invite everybody that we know, but we don't rely on someone to attend necessarily. But then we do label showcases in New York. We just announced our next label showcase June 22nd at Pianos. And we'll have an A&R representative from Atlantic Records there. And essentially the way those work is it's about six artists. And they get to perform a 45-minute set for an A&R representative from a major label. And they get feedback on their performances. They get written feedback on their performances. So the rep will sit there, watch them. They network with them. And then they get their feedback via email in a week or two. Cool. How do you make money then? Is it the musicians paying you for the opportunities, some kind of fee? Yeah. So the musicians pay for the opportunities that they want to submit to if they're a basic member. And if they're a pro member, then they pay a flat monthly fee for all of for unlimited submissions. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's a really interesting model that you figured out. So would is that the bulk of your business, would you say, is is people that pay the unlimited membership? opportunity? No, it's actually not. The the bulk Mm. of it are the three members who then pay per submission. Interesting. And um, do you seek out these artists or do they usually come to you? They come to us. So we don't take any percentage of deals made on our site, which allows us to... Sometimes we have to screen opportunities. We have to screen the music that's coming in through the opportunities, but we don't have to screen the artists that are on our site. So our site is, I mean, we have over 28,000 users that are registered to our site. And basically what it allows us to do is accept every genre, accept every artist. It doesn't matter what stage they are in their career. And then they decide which opportunities are appropriate for their music and they submit to the opportunities that they feel are appropriate. So at times we have to screen the opportunities. In other words, if I have a really high-profile commercial or a ESPN submission or a, a TV show for Showtime, then what we'll do is we'll go through the submissions before sending them on just to make sure that they're appropriate and they're what the industry rep is asking for because obviously those relationships are very valuable. It's such a cool business. I really love it. Thank you. I can see like limitless opportunities with where your business could go. Do you have any specific goals in mind for like where you'd love to be like two years from now? We have another aspect of our business that we'd like to roll out that we've been talking about for a really long time. And we're just trying to figure out how to, um, like the best way to finance it, the best way to get it going, whether we should incorporate it into Music Gorilla or whether we should do it as a completely separate entity. And right now we're leaning toward incorporating it into Music Gorilla. But in terms of the company and where we'd like to be in two years, we always want to offer artists more opportunities for their music. So we just want to like keep snowballing that and get more opportunities for the users that are on our site because we want them to have more opportunities and also because that's our model. So that's definitely a goal for us. And then getting this other aspect site launched and going would be another goal. Yeah, it's interesting because if your goal tells me a lot, and if your goal is to get more opportunities for the artists that you have, then your social media should almost be like tailored to the companies that would have those opportunities, like brands and production houses and television networks. Don't you think, Phil? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Alexa, what do you think? I think it's that's a very, very good point. And I think that we've we've like done a lot of that with the LinkedIn profiles and with the Twitter profile, but it's really hard to reach those people. We find when we make personal contact with them or we get introduced to them through other contracts that we have, that it's much more effective. Yeah. I'm I'm almost thinking like if your social media and even your Instagram like featured or showed examples of the cool artists that you have, like almost as like a portfolio in a way, then that way, even if you are making personal contact with these companies, there's still that like proof of concept almost in a feed. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I may, I, it might be a crazy, I, I don't know if it's, you, you know this biz better than I do, obviously, but. Um. <laughs> no, but I, definitely feel, I definitely get like targeting those people. I have just found that it's hard to, that this is what happens with music supervisors, especially music supervisors who are, you know, actually working on a well-known show or, or things like that. But what happens is that they get inundated by artists contacting them. And it's very hard to differentiate ourselves from an artist contacting them versus a company with experience in that industry who understand budget, time, crazy directors, all of those things. And it's very difficult to convey that rather than having them just feel like it's another artist that's reaching out. So that's, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think it would be great to target them. I just have to figure out the most productive way to do that, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Because it, it seems to me like, like on your Instagram, I noticed that you put, you use it almost as like, I don't want to say like a classifieds board, but it's showing the opportunities for artists. Mm-hmm. And it would be kind of, and if it's, I wonder if the artists would know, possibly know that information from like within their accounts. I don't know if they would already, but there, there might be an opportunity for like a, a slight pivot. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I mean, we could even do we could even do like a separate account that's like an industry account. You know what I mean? That is geared more toward that. And then we have like the other account for the artists or I don't know, something along those lines. I wouldn't want to make more work for you. I wonder if instead we more define different content types that kind of target those different audiences that you juggle or altogether we define a different platform completely, you know, and maybe even actually say on your website, for example, on Instagram, we provide resources for artists. Mm-hmm. On LinkedIn, we target the professional community through. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, a lot of times brands. Well, we yeah, we're always encouraging people have a different focus for each social media platform, give it purpose. But it's kind of next level to actually state what that purpose is across your different platforms, so people know what they get, and it gives them motivation to follow you on those different platforms. I don't know. We're just kind of brainstorming here, but I kind of like where this is going. It's exciting. You know, I have to tell you guys that, you know, I've been following you for a while and I've been getting your emails, but your branding and your message and your the way you convey your message is what drew me to you guys. And I think it's the, the way you do that is fantastic, which is one of the reasons that I wanted to do this call because I feel like, you know, y'all have really good insight into... All of that. Thank you for the kind words. We appreciate that. We just get excited about this. And it's fun too, because the dynamic that you're discussing in terms of growth is a, you know, a two-person focused business. Sure, you've got contractors and you've got people that work around you, but you guys are the business. Very similar to Lauren and I, although Lauren and I are not married. We never will be. We are not <laughs> compatible. <laughs> but certainly in a work situation, we definitely are. We live and breathe this stuff. And that's why we can get 
excited yeah, about I, it. Yeah, I can't believe that that you're two people. It's um, I never would have would have realized that from your messaging, your platform, any of that. Branding, baby. Yeah, I'm yeah. like doing a fist pump right now. That's like that's the goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would be interesting for us to talk about sort of the constraints and or challenges that you're currently facing with your business as a, a two person operation, and maybe we could kind of exchange some ideas and and see if we could come up with some ways to alleviate that pressure. Yeah, I think that's probably our biggest hurdle is sort of knowing first of all. We're, I'm a total control freak, so I have my hands in everything, which I think would be it would be beneficial if we kind of discussed things, but then I backed off of certain things. But I also think that figuring out where to bring someone else in and figuring out if we should bring someone else in, like one of the things that we've played around with is the idea of of bringing in a minority safe partner to do like as a marketing professional and that way they can kind of have the vision and because it's, it's just not our area of expertise. It's my husband's like super creative in terms of coming up with ideas of how to target people or what to say to people or things like that. But I think that having a, an expert in marketing would be helpful. And so it's, it's figuring out if we should pay someone for certain services, if we should look for a partner that does those things, if we should suck it up and try to do it ourselves. You know, it's, I think those are the biggest struggles is figuring out when you need to, to reach out and when you need to hire someone, even if the budget seems constrained and things like that. What's your greatest inefficiency right now? Probably. Like, is there, like, is there any really type of... specific? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just wondering if like there's any type of action that is done over and over, like manually, for example, That's that can only be done by you right now that maybe is, I don't know, like it's just if there's room to make something a bit more efficient, basically. Yeah, I definitely think there is. I think we could have more automated email interactions because we pride ourselves on customer service and it's really, really important to us. So we answer, I would say, probably 80% of our incoming email personally. So that may be a way, like there may be something in there that can be more automated and more efficient. I also find that this is very specific, but we don't have a tool to post to Instagram. And so I feel like that is a place that we sometimes slack. In other words, I don't know that we post often enough. And we've had interns in the past who have posted on Instagram for us. We've had services who have posted on you know, various social networks and posted content. And the, the services become very expensive for what they're doing. And it just doesn't seem like it's cost effective. Yeah, it's a, a software doesn't, doesn't always solve the problem. Hold on. I think Phil has something to say. Me? What about you? Oh, yeah. I love putting you on the spot. You do. This is a moment in the podcast where we've decided that we're going to tell you what we do for a living. Who needs sponsors when we can just sell our services? Sponsor it ourselves. <laughs> so you're listening to us at work. We thought we'd tell you that, in fact, we offer this as a service. It's called a brand audit. So our brand audit, instead of being in a short podcast episode, it's completely private and it's a 90-minute consultation. And if you like what you're hearing, and if you like, especially in part two, the advice that we give, feel free to visit philpallon.expert slash therapy. There, 
There's a special link if you want the brand on it where you will get a discount. How much is the discount? I don't know. Have we decided? Do you know what? We're going to make it a 15% discount. There we go. That's what other podcasts do, at least. 15% off a brand audit if you want it. Shall we get back to the show? Let's do it. A software doesn't doesn't always solve the problem. You know, it's like, and it's this constant tug of war between do we invest in a person, in a software Mm -hmm. for this next leg of growth without any certain kind of guarantee of, of, of yield or return? I know this feeling, you know, going from one to two, then going from two to three. And then, you know, the challenges of scale never really go away. They just become more difficult. And so I think even just to have some sanctioned time in your schedule every single week where you have some you time, some business time, or some research time to even look into some of these software tools. There's a lot of resources online, even just blog posts that outline here are some great tools for, you know, fill in the blank. Like there's a few that come to mind from this conversation. Managing inbound customer service requests, Zendesk is really great. And they provide a lot of resources and tools around how to optimize and how to make that efficient without having to spend a huge amount of money. For Instagram, I think of apps like Later or Preview. I think one of the best blogs on the web for Instagram is is, uh, Later's blogs. I mean, every time they send an email blast with their latest posts, I'm like, I can't not click it and see. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So all this stuff is out there. It's just, I think you're so busy and you're juggling so much that the instinct is to prioritize what other people need when in fact, Mm -hmm. what's really important is for you to carve out that time in your schedule to figure out what you need without that kind of pressure to find an answer in 15 minutes quick, but just kind of have that time to experiment with what works and what complements your business and what doesn't. You know, what's really interesting that you totally just touched on is that I think that part of the issue of running a two-person company is that you're constantly reacting. So in other words, it's really difficult to like create new things or come up with new ways of doing things or new ways of reaching people or new things to offer. And it's because it's like you spend your days reacting to what's going on, reacting to what's coming in or reacting to a deadline that's happening. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge. And also, I mean, the biggest difference of running a multi-person team within a larger company than running your own company. Yeah, absolutely. And what you're saying is really striking a chord with Phil and me now because it's true when someone else is dictating your priorities and when balls drop and you're the only person who can pick them up and throw them in the air again, there's like no time to think even into next week, let alone tomorrow. So Yeah. um, And you're like, I mean, you can't think about how to improve something or how to do something differently or how to offer new services because your time is being spent like, I have to respond to this and I have to answer this and then I have to screen this or I have to do this. And it's very interesting. I kind of, I guess I'm aware of it, but not conscious of it. it. Definitely. We had talked about this with a podcast guest. It was about a month ago, but she was experiencing the same thing. She was running a one person business and was like, I'm doing it all. I'm literally responding to every single inquiry and running the projects. It's a lot. And I told her I had read this really great 
article about automation and they had recommended that if there's anything that you do, like any task at all that you do more than twice, write it down and find a way to make it faster. Because it's true, like the emails that you're individually responding to about inquiries, they probably all fall into one of six categories. And there are emails that are pretty roughly similar to each of those scenarios that you could be copying and pasting, slightly tweaking and sending. That's exactly, I mean, I have a folder called frequent emails. (laughs) (laughs) That's completely accurate. I literally have a folder called frequent emails that is like how to respond if this is what they're asking about, even when it comes to like showcase acceptances and like, because it's all the same information. So that's very interesting. I, but I 100% agree. What's the email service you like, Phil? I can't remember it. Mixmax. Yes, yes. So Phil uses it. I use it sometimes, but because I guess I'm resistant to change and that's awful, but not a good quality. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's <laughs> but totally <laughs> You seem much more open-minded than me, but Mixmax is really cool because you can pre-write template emails and pull them up with like a simple command in your draft. And so if you had the frequent emails and you group together the roughly six responses that you might send to like an inquiry or whatever, it's the showcase or whatever it is, you could literally just press slash and then whatever that keyword is, I think, and then it comes up. Let me, and let me give you an example. I took five minutes, probably at least one, maybe two years ago to go back, copy an email that I had sent to a new client inquiry and made a template from it. And I swear I use this almost on a daily basis. Here it is. It's called, I name each template. So this one is called Introduction by Referral. And I apologize to anyone listening who's received this email word for word. (laughs) But basically, here's the template. I put X dash, and then I put in the name of the person. Thank you for making the introduction and for thinking of me. So that's thanking the person that's introduced me to a potential client lead. And then it goes X, and then I fill in the name of the person who I'm just meeting. It's great to e-meet you. Any friend of X is a friend of ours. And we'd love to chat sometime about this exciting prospect. And then I give people a link to schedule a call with us. But that email takes me four seconds to Mm -hmm. send instead of four minutes. By the time Mm -hmm. you draft it out, say what you want to say, paste in the link. This email saves me an incredible amount of time. This is just one example of the templates that I use almost on a daily basis. So definitely build that system. So let me ask you something. We use... We have an email server, obviously, but like the program that I use on my Mac is their mail program. So is it like an add-on? How does that work? Yeah, this is just an app, a subscription service that plugs into my Gmail. I use Google Apps for work and this, or I guess now it's called G Suite. And basically you install it on Google Chrome and then it just integrates. It's almost like a layer over your Google that installs these different features. Interesting. Okay. That's very interesting. And what was the, I know you mentioned the blog later. What was the other thing that you mentioned before that about, I mean, I can go back and listen, but um, I just missed it, the, about Instagram. What was the other one later? And then there was one more that I mentioned. Zendesk. Oh, yeah. It was Zendesk? Zendesk. Oh, that's oh, for like was... support? Yeah, basically managing inbound customer service inquiries and such. That was the one for you to check out. They have a lot of cool resources. Yeah, I think that would be really helpful to us. It's funny because like major companies that I love, like ClassPass and Glossier and and whoever, they all use Zendesk. And whenever I see that I 
get the automatic uh, like automatic Zendesk response on customer service, I feel so much like better because I know that they'll like get to me because it's organized and not going into like a black hole. Um, mm-hmm, so that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So oh, but the oh the other tool that just might help you in case you're needing to schedule calls with people or you know, set things up with potential brand partners or whoever is, um, we really love Calendly. It's Mm -hmm. a great service for, and I don't know if you use it, but it might be also save time of like proposing call times back and forth for five five emails instead. You can just send them a link and they can choose whatever time works. Like it's not something that we do constantly, you know, because so much of our engagement is online. But again, if if we're like trying to pitch something to, or pitch our services to like a music supervisor or something along those lines, I could see how that would be super useful. Yeah, I'm excited about everything we've talked about. I feel like you've got some good actionable things to to look into. One of them being just carve out that time every week that you get for you and don't put too much pressure on yourself to have some kind of deliverable at the end of it, you know? Yeah, I think that's probably, like I said, I think that's the hardest part of um, of this whole process is is figuring out how to continue to advance your company and and think outside the box and and create new new things to open up your the things that you do and the things that you you offer and and expand your client base and all of that while still putting out fires and dealing with like you know your, your daily grind. <laughs> well, and there's no simple answer. There's no blanket statement or simple answer that applies to everyone or we'd all be doing it. So it, it does involve some creativity, some perseverance, but that's nothing you're new to. If you've grown the business you have, as big as you have, you also have to have those moments where you look back and go, damn, we have 28,000 people subscribed to our website. Right. That is a feat. Right. You know? So that's really right. cool. So right. this is just the cherry on the on the cake and and you should be really proud of what you've built and what you continue to grow. Yeah, I, it, I I am. At the end of the day, I am, and I'm, and I'm very excited about it. And and I love the company, and I love what we do, and I love how we help artists. And you know, that's that's always been where we came from. I think that's like a, a really important aspect of our business from that very good place. So sometimes it's hard to see, you know, the forest from the trees. Absolutely. So how are you feeling? Good. What are you going to do next? I feel like we've covered a lot of um, a lot of ground. I feel like I'm going to look into some of these tools and see kind of what can be automated and, and what the other options are and then sort of go from there. Beautiful. Thank you for hanging out with us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you guys are doing this. I love that you're, that, that you are, um, that you're, you're kind of opening up your, your brand and talking to people and getting feedback and all of that good stuff. I think it's, um, and I think it's I think it's a wonderful way to engage. And thank you. Yeah, we we appreciate that. We're really enjoying it. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun, and we've we've loved this conversation with you. And I think it'll be useful for you and useful for other people listening. So we we appreciate you taking the time to chat. Thank you. Take care and enjoy your the rest of your time in Europe. I really enjoyed that conversation with Alexia. Me too. It always makes me really happy when people have a business that's rooted in something honorable. You know what I mean? Like she genuinely cared about creating opportunities for her 
musicians. She didn't even care about like the quant- like, increasing the quantity of musicians. Isn't that wild? It is wild, but I think that kind of passion is required to make a business in a very competitive industry fly. 28,000 people subscribe to her service. That says a ton for how much they've hustled together to build what they built. So I think those growing pains are natural and it's almost therapeutic to hear other people go through some of the challenges. And even, for example, what we go through as a two-person-plus business, you feel alone in those moments, but you have to realize, like, we all go through it. What about you? Thank you, by the way, for taking time to listen to this. We'd love to know your thoughts. Let's continue the conversation. Hashtag brand therapy. I am at Phil Palin on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere. I'm at the Lauren Moore. And be sure to check us out in iTunes. You can subscribe. You can leave a review if you've enjoyed this. It helps other people discover this. And yeah, we want to hear what you think. I think this episode, lots of interesting takeaways for sure. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, there are, there are lots of interesting takeaways. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for us this episode. We'll see you back next week. Thank you for hanging out on Brand Therapy. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Here's what's coming next week. And just take the risk. Just do it. Pull the plug and just continue to pound the pavement. Because I think everybody, I don't know, I got so focused with the brand and I think I forgot about my personality a little bit.